Welcome to the Creative Outsiders Podcast, Episode 15, and I'm your host, Siobhan. The Creative Outsiders is a collective of women storytellers that aim for sisterhood through a community that provides professional development for emerging filmmakers. Simply put, we want to show you it's possible to live your filmmaking dreams. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking with one of the founders of Kit Split. And in 2015, Christina and Elizabeth became co-founder, excuse me, co-founders of KitSplit, a share economy platform that has been hailed as the Airbnb for creative equipment by the likes of Fast Company, Forbes, New York Magazine, and TechCrunch. KitSplit connects creative professionals with owners of top-notch equipment, including production companies, individuals, and rental houses. Welcome. Thank you. So happy to be here. Yes, I'm so happy we were able to finally connect and have a a chance just to sit down and talk and really get to tell everybody about the company that you are a part of. Likewise. So I usually start off with asking people um, why the filmmaking industry But I had a personal question just because I'm a little bit of a geek. Um, (laughs) I wanted to know how you all came up with the name for your company. Does it have like a meaning behind it? Yeah, that's a good question. So naming the company was really, really difficult. Um, We spent a long time brainstorming different options and discussing the different options. And actually, most people don't know this, but we initially decided to go with a different name. Um, the company, when we first started working on it, we called it Codivy, um, C-O-D-I-V-V-Y, um, for a really brief period. And what happened was we we went to like a couple of events and we were telling people the name and everyone kept being like, what, what? You know, we would say, we're working on a company called Codivy and they were like, what, what, what's the name? Like, how do you spell that? What does that mean? And no one, and um, so after one of these events, Lisbeth and I were like, you know, this name is not working. People just, you know, don't get it. They don't know how to spell it. Um, we have to go back to the drawing board. Um, so we went back to the drawing board, we brainstormed more options, um, we had friends help us brainstorm more options, and we picked a few favorites, and we actually sent out a poll. At this point, we you know, had a lot of friends and other filmmakers who knew we were working on the idea, um, so we sent out a poll to get feedback from the community, um, and people really liked KitSplit, and you know, I think uh, Kit references you know, a camera kit. And with Split, we wanted to get across the idea of sharing. Um, But, you know, I think we also like that it rhymes. It's, it's short. And I think when people hear it, they, they generally can, they know how it's spelled, Mm -hmm. um, even though it's sort of a made up word. Um, So that that is also a pro. Yeah, it's very catchy. It is. <laughs> Thank you. It's very catchy. I was like, oh, I have to ask, like, how did they come up with that name? So I, I definitely agree with everybody. <laughs> this has <laughs> to change it. So I think that was um, just a good idea. And it is very catchy and it makes sense. So it was just something I was so wondering about. 
Yeah, no, it's a good question. It's definitely, it's very hard to come up with a good name. Creative Outsiders is also a great name. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I know that you and your co-founder, Elizabeth, met in um, graduate school. So Mm -hmm. what were y'all two um, in grad school for? And then how did, how did the idea for Kit Split come about? Yeah, good question. So I'll start with the idea. I have a background in video and video journalism. I was at the New Yorker magazine working on short videos um, for the website and, and mobile edition of the magazine. And then I left to go to grad school where I was doing a lot of freelance video. And so while I was in grad school, I was shooting a ton of videos for different clients um, and a, a broad range of projects. But one thing that all the projects had in common is that I needed to rent gear for basically every shoot. Um, I owned some gear, but you know, not a ton of gear, not usually everything that I needed for a freelance shoot. So I was renting all the time and I just found myself really frustrated with the experience. Um, you know, I was living in Brooklyn. I had a lot of gigs in Brooklyn, but all of the rental houses were in Manhattan. So sometimes I would spend more time actually picking up and dropping off gear than on a shoot, which felt super frustrating. Um, and at the same time, I started occasionally renting to or from friends, but I always felt kind of uncomfortable about that without a contract or insurance. So I sort of wondered to myself, why isn't there an Airbnb type company for camera gear? Um, and initially when I had the idea, I didn't I wasn't like, yeah, you know, I should, I should make that. I just sort of was like, why doesn't this thing exist? And I started talking to, you know, my friends in the industry about it. And they were all like, that's, that's an awesome idea. I would love to use that. Um, you know, you should totally start that. And so after enough conversations with people who just seemed so excited by the idea, um, I decided I would try to make it a reality. Um, and around that time, I met Lizbeth. Um, I was in grad school at NYU Tisch ITP, which is an arts and technology program. And she was also at NYU getting her MBA. Um, and But she has sort of a personal background in film. Um, she grew up in a family of folks in the film industry. Um, her dad is Lloyd Kaufman of Troma Entertainment. So he's yeah. made a lot of really awesome cult horror films. Um, and Lizbeth has a hilarious IMDb page of childhood roles um, in his film. So she kind of literally grew up on set. Um, and so when I told her the idea, she it you know immediately resonated with her. She knew from her own experience that there was a real need for this. And so the two of us started working on it. That's awesome. So just to rewind a little bit, because my friends and well, my friends that I who are also filmmakers or creatives, it's just funny because we all have this like similar story of we see a need and it's like, okay, I like see this is a need. But then you kind of think about it more and it's like, wait a minute, (laughs) maybe I can do this. So, yeah, what? Because I ask people a lot, especially women filmmakers or women who are creatives or who have worked in the industry in some aspect, 
who gave you the permission? Like what gave you that push or that drive to say, you know what? I don't want to just talk about it, but I actually want to do this. Like what gave you that push or was there a defining moment that said like, I need to do this? Yeah, that's a good question. I think for me, it was partly just having a series of conversations with friends about the idea um, and the the response of these friends who were just so excited about the idea and so, you know, insistent that they would love to use this and they, they knew other people who would love to use this. And, you know, some of whom who were also like, you have to make this happen. You know, this is awesome. Um, so I think that was a big part of it. And then I also think that, you know, meeting Lizbeth at the right time and finding an awesome um, co-founder who was also really excited about the idea and, and really driven to make it happen was a huge part of it. Um, and I should also mention, so Lizbeth and I met in 2014 and started working on it. Um, and then in 2015, we brought on a third co-founder, Ken, and he's also really amazing. Um, he's our CTO and he um, has, you know, built the website from scratch along with help some from some other talented folks. Um, so I think that having these two co-founders um, and, you know, having a team of the three of us who were all really excited and passionate about the idea and about empowering creators and making access to gear easier was super helpful, um, particularly given that we all have, you know, really different kind of backgrounds and, and skill sets. Yes, but your different backgrounds actually helped each other because it formed the pieces to the puzzle that you needed. So that's awesome in its own sense. Definitely. Yeah. So for those who don't know how Kit Split works, take us through the process of, let's say, I want to rent some equipment from you. Yeah. So if you're a renter, you sign up for Kit Split. You can search for the gear you need on our website. And we've aggregated thousands of renters and uh, thousands of owners, I'm sorry. Um, and those owners include individual filmmakers and photographers production companies and studios, as well as traditional brick and mortar rental houses. So as someone renting gear, you can see all of those options in one place. And then when you find what you need, you can request it and check out online. You can buy insurance instantly during the checkout process. And, um, and then you can pick up the gear from the owner and coordinate with them on that. And then you make your amazing project and you return it to the owner. Okay, so let's say that I'm a person who's in a jam. What is, I guess, the turnaround time for me being able to get access to the equipment? Can I go up there today and I'm able to get it tomorrow or is there a waiting process? That's a great question. Um, people can get gear in under an hour. It's very quick and easy. And another great thing about KidSplit is that we're, you know, since there are individuals on the platform, um, we're open seven days a week and 24 hours a day. So, um, you know, even if maybe there's a, a usual rental house that you love and usually rent from, but they're closed on a Saturday or Sunday, um, you know, there's a, a lot of options on KidSplit where you would be able to get something over the weekend. Um, I'll mention we do vet everyone who joins. So we partner with services who help us kind of 
verify that the information you give us is accurate and that you are a real person and you are who you say you are. Uh, and for higher end rentals, um, the first time you're renting, we might do some additional verification to, to make sure that you're comfortable with the gear you're renting and that sort of thing. Um, so occasion, but you know, that happens pretty quickly and it only needs to be done the first time that you rent. And basically that's just to make sure that everyone feels really safe and comfortable, um, renting through Kitsplit because you know that everyone who's renting your gear, who that you're renting from has been vetted. Absolutely. Especially for higher end equipment. We don't, yeah, exactly. We don't want you to go and try to rent the most expensive camera and you don't know how to use it. So that makes sense. Exactly. So how is KitSplit different from other rental companies? Like what sets you all apart? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think, you know, one of the things that we're excited about is the fact that we have so many options in one place. So for the user, you really kind of just get to, you know, you might be able to find something more affordable if that's your priority. You might be able to find something super close to you if that's your priority. Um, you, you might be able to support another local filmmaker or a local business that you didn't know about. Um, community is also something that we're also, that we're very excited about. We hear a ton of stories of people renting from other Kitsplit users and becoming friends or working with them and also just discovering other filmmakers and creatives in their neighborhood they didn't know about. We've, we heard one story of someone who ended up renting from someone else who was literally in their building, but who they hadn't met. Um, so, you know, talk about a convenient rental experience. They, they literally just had to go downstairs. Right. Um, so they saved a, a ton of time, but then they also, you know, made a new friend who was working in a very similar world in their building. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, and that's part of the community experience, but we also do events. Um, we've had a ton of awesome screenings, panels, some workshops and, you know, happy hours and parties. Um, and we have a blog where we, um, write about our members and all of the awesome projects they're doing. So we're just super excited about connecting people in the Kitsbook community, empowering them, um, you know, seeing their work, learning from one another, and um, just helping to uh, create an amazing supportive community. And since you mentioned community, because I have done a lot of stalking on your website, <laughs> and I did see the blog, and I love the blog. Why was it important for you all to add that aspect of the community and that you are involved um, with the users and then even highlighting what they have going on because you could just be a typical website where it's like, hey, you can come and rent and keep it moving. Why was that important for you all to include? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, I think that we see our overall goal as enabling visual storytellers and democratizing kind of access to, you know, making amazing films and videos and visual work. Um, so one of the ways we do that is, you know, being is like through camera rentals, right? And offering a platform for easy, accessible camera rentals. 
but we we and that's what mostly what we're known for and focused on. Um, but we kind of think about that goal more, more broadly and, and how we can, we can help storytellers. So, um, part of that is like putting on, you know, a free workshop or a free screening with a Q and a from a filmmaker that others can learn from. Um, part of it is the blog and, you know, we've had some lists of filmmaker grants, for example, that have been really, you know, um, popular and kind of, helpful to our community and in finding more ways to fund their work. Um, And we, we want to build towards a world in which every visual creator has access to the resources they need to pursue their vision. Um, So we see a lot of kind of different ways to do that, including the blog. I think that's a very good thing. And I'm very, I'm very appreciative because even though, I started uh, researching more because I knew I would be talking to you. I still now have consistently gone and looked at the blog because it's just really good information. So I encourage everyone um, after you listen to us finish talking <laughs> to go and look at it because it's really good resources. Um, and even though I don't live in California or necessarily New York, it's still really good people to be able to connect with. So I think that it's a very good idea. Thank you so much. I, we really appreciate that. You're welcome. So you all have been working at this for a while now. It's 2017. So <laughs> how have you changed since the beginning? Like what is different or what had, yeah, what's, what's different for your company from the beginning to now? So I think that our, our core goal has remained the same. But honestly, it feels like almost everything else is different. I think that um, we've been really blown away by the response to KidSplit. I think ever since we first launched, we've just been, you know, getting tons of people letting us know how they how excited they are about the idea and joining and listing. Um, so it's it's been really amazing to see that response, and it's enabled us to to grow. Um, and change very quickly, which has been, um, you know, just very, very exciting. Um, We now have almost 30,000 members. Um, We have tens of millions of dollars worth of gear on the platform. Um, And, you know, our team has changed too. It started out, you know, first me and Lisbeth, then Ken joined us. But now we have a team of um, nine amazing full-time employees and as well as a few amazing uh, part-time employees. And um, it's, it's a really great crew. So I think that's been a big change, but it's so exciting to come to work every day and, and work with these talented folks who are also really passionate about empowering creators um, and making KidSplit, you know, better and better every day. And how have you all um, as founders been able to handle the growth? Because I know a lot of times uh, as business owners, I don't know if we necessarily plan for like the growth, but Mm-hmm. How have you been able to, um, has it been a big ad- adjustment for you all or no, you've been kind of prepared for it? Yeah, that's a good question. I do think, you know, it's, it's grown 
you know, more quickly than, than we would have imagined at first. And that's, you know, we feel really lucky in terms of that, but I think you're right in that that can also come with challenges. Um, one thing we really pride ourselves on is, is awesome customer service and, um, just making sure that, you know, we get back to any questions right away. Um, but that's something where, you know, it changes depending how many people are using this, the site and how many rentals are going on, kind of like how many people you need uh, working in a customer service role. So some advice we got early on from one of our advisors was, you know, you don't want to be, you suddenly have a surge of new users and then not have enough, you know, customer service folks around to respond to them. So it's always good to kind of be a little ahead of the curve and it's, it's better to be, um, you know, slightly like, you know, not super busy at certain times than to be overly busy and, um, to have the customer experience suffer. Um, so that was really, I think, great advice. Um, and, and we've, um, we've taken it to heart and, and that's been really helpful. So you all recently launched in LA. Congratulations on that. Thank you. What, uh, well, I kind of have an idea, but why LA? Because you originally started in New York, correct? Yes, we started in New York and we've been kind of based in and focused on the New York area for the past couple of years. Um, but, you know, I think, and, and I should clarify where you can join list and rent anywhere in the U.S., um, but you know, we don't want to kind of officially launch an area until we can put some support behind it, do community events, um, make sure there's a lot of inventory there. So that kind of is, you know, what a launch refers to. Um, and I think ever since we first launched in New York, um, we've been getting requests to launch in LA for obvious reasons. It, <laughs> it's obviously just, um, the, the biggest city, for filmmaking in the U.S. There's so many filmmakers there. I also think there's a ton of back and forth between New York and L.A. So we had a lot of members in New York who, you know, became power users and were using us all the time and really loving KidSplit and then either, you know, moved to L.A. or maybe had a, a gig in L.A. and needed to rent and were like, why aren't you guys here yet? <laughs> uh, so it just seemed like a really obvious next step for us. Yes, it totally makes sense. So a few weeks ago on the podcast, I had a chance to interview the owner of Scripted. And it's basically a digital a digital, excuse me, platform for screenwriters and they can go and host their scripts and producers can actually go look at it and hire the scriptwriters, which I thought was a very good idea. And um, when I was talking to her, we were just discussing how a lot more creatives are creating digital platforms. Mm -hmm. um, and we talked about just starting up because a lot of our listeners are in that um, time frame or aspect of where they're thinking about creating something specifically to benefit creatives, filmmakers, writers, etc. But the issue that always comes up is the money aspect. So mm -hmm. how were you all able to get the money or the funds capital that you needed to start your business off? Because 
We all know it costs to run a business. And that's just a fear that a lot of ladies have. How did you all put yourself in a position to find funders or whatever you needed to get started? Yeah, that's a great question. So initially when Lisbeth and I started working on it, um, you know, we were doing it as a side project and um, we were kind of work, you know, we were both in grad school and also working. So we would work on this, you know, mostly on nights and weekends in our spare time. Um, and we found ways to kind of do what we needed to do either, um, free or very cheaply. Um, so we put up the initial version of the website using kind of a pre-built platform, um, that was very inexpensive. Um, and that helped us kind of validate the idea and, um, get a sense that like, okay, you know, there are people signing up and excited about this beyond people we know personally. Um, and so that helped us realize that it was something that we really wanted to pursue further. Um, and, but we knew that, you know, we needed to, to get some funding to do that. So at that time we started, uh, applying to accelerators. Are you familiar with the what an accelerator is no, you I will say please explain what is that <laughs> yeah so an accelerator is kind of like a startup boot camp mm-hmm. um some of your listeners might have heard of Y Combinator that's sort of the I guess most well-known accelerator and basically um you know as a company you apply to get into an accelerator Um, If they accept you, they invest in your company. So they give you, depending on the accelerator, you know, anywhere from like $20,000 to $200,000 often, um, they get a percentage ownership of your company for Mm -hmm. that investment. Um, And then with the accelerator we were in, which was called Entrepreneur's Roundtable Accelerator, which I highly recommend to to any listeners who are thinking about starting a company. We had a great experience. Um, You work out of their space for uh, a period of three or four months. Um, And so, so yeah, we got into ERA. That was our first piece of funding. And we, we learned a ton in the program. Elizabeth and I, neither of us had started a company before or raised money before. And so that accelerator was a really um, key part of our process and, you know, of us just learning a lot about how to start a company, how to raise money. Um, we met a lot of awesome startup founders and kind of mentors and entrepreneurs and investors through the program. Um, and so we were able to raise a bit more um, venture capital after the program. So that helped us hire more people and kind of accelerate growth. Well, I learned something today. So that that is that's very interesting. So y'all heard her <laughs> go research it, see if it works for you. But I think that's awesome. And I think also um, it just gives our listeners that push to try because a lot of times people have good ideas and they just sit on them and they think they can't do it because they don't necessarily have the money, but there are resources out there. So thank you for sharing that. 
Yeah, of course. And and yeah, I, I highly recommend accelerators for, for any budding founders. It's a really great way to, you know, get that first check to start working on your company full time and quit your job. And also just to learn a lot about, you know, running a company, raising money, all of that fun stuff. So since you mentioned fun stuff, I always <laughs> like to ask people, what are they watching right now? And what are they reading right now? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, so let's see. So I'm, I'm in a book club, which has been going on for six years, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see, I, I'm forgetting that. Hold on just one sec. I have to... Okay, so in my book club, I just finished reading um, Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, We Were Eight Years in Power, um, which is a, a book of essays on the Obama era. So I really enjoyed that. Um, in terms of what I'm watching, um, I've been watching the current season of Broad City, which is a show I really love. Um, and I'm planning to go see Lady Bird in theaters in the next couple of days. So I'm excited about that. I want to see Lady Bird and I'm going to have to, um, get that book. It sounds really interesting. So I'll have to try that. Yeah. And in reference to you, um, what's next for you professionally and then what's next for Kit Split? Yeah, good question. So I think um, right now we're really focused on getting the word out in LA and growing a lot in LA. Um, we're we're looking to partner with awesome kind of communities, membership based organizations um, to to get the word out and to support their members. Um, and then we're gonna start thinking about the next city to launch in. That's awesome. Yeah. I had, look, I have a suggestion for a city, <laughs> even though I don't live there. I suggest Atlanta just because it's really booming. Yeah. I have a lot of listeners there. Like I have a lot of listeners in Atlanta. <laughs> we we do get that a lot. And there is, you know, a good, as I mentioned, you can join Enlist, even if we're not officially launched. And there's already a really nice budding community there. Um, so that's a strong possibility. Thank you for the suggestion. You're welcome. Um, so before we get off, uh, let everyone know where they can go to keep up with Kit Split and how they can connect with you on social media as well for Kit Split. Yeah, so we're at kitsplit.com. That's K-I-T-S-P-L-I-T.com. And we're at Kit Split on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and you can sign up on our site. It's free to join, free to list. Um, and you, you'll also get subscribed to our mailing list where we'll send you the blog post that we talked about earlier. Well, thank you so much for sharing and letting us know how we can utilize the resources on KitSplit. I definitely enjoyed our conversation and learned a lot. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And you all know, until next time, make sure that you are out there living your filmmaking dreams. And you can find us on Instagram at The Creative Outsiders. And you can find us on our website at The Creative Outsiders as well. 
and make sure that you get out there and do the work. Until next time.